All right, welcome, welcome. Episode four, Office Hours, the photographers are in. My name is Ashton Stanishevsky. I'm David Patino, 2019 style. Heck yeah, and welcome to Office Hours, the flagship podcast of the uh, Broke Photographers Network. I don't know. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, Appreciate you spending some time with us, um, where David and I, two commercial photographers, break down things we don't hear about talked often in creative circles and maybe sometimes we do and eventually we'll probably get around to telling you a camera that you should or should not buy totally so welcome 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 um yes second episode of the t- new year uh did you have a good holiday david i feel like we made it we did like we made it through a uh i know we only did three episodes last year or two but it feels like we've done it for a whole year a whole year yeah like we did 2018 and now we're into 2019 even though we started in like whatever november i know technically this is gonna ruin us because well when do we start season two so do we have a season two well will our our wonderful group of listeners carry us that far i think we're just gonna have a really long season one right like a forever season one (laughs) forever season we're in episode 4000 of season one (laughs) it's like the local access network like (laughs) It's like Wayne's World. Yeah, exactly. Wayne's World for sure. Uh, except they are probably far more gifted than we ever were. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, all what's, right. Well, what's on the docket today? Yeah. So, you know, I was, um, we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, just off the cuff. And I was talking with a friend of mine and uh, she went and asked, you know, how do you handle situations where you know, you're asked to, to work for a trade, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of like, instead of a monetary compensation, you're asked from a vendor or a potential client or a, you know, you know, onboarding client, um, if you'd be willing to work for, for essentially a trade of services. Right. Um, and you know, we started getting, we we talked through some of the finer bits of it. And obviously there's obviously different ways that you can run about that. Um, trades are, not necessarily a bad thing. I try not to frown upon them when they're presented with them. Obviously, um, I prefer to get compensated for the work that we do. I think that that's kind of like the the hope because you can pay your bills with that. Uh, but sometimes trades trades can be can be good for both sides of the table, depending on what what that's working on. What uh, and so open it up. What's your experience working for for trades, David? Uh, I've um, I don't think I've ever done it actually. I, I'm so I feel like there's two. Sp- there's two schools of thought here. There's either like working for trade, especially when you're getting started is the greatest possible thing. And then there's the other school of thought, which is what I've subscribed to, which is if you work for trade, your that client is never going to be more than the client who asks you for free shit. That's, that's how I feel about it. And I could be completely wrong, obviously, but so yeah, I don't think I've ever actually done it to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever made a trade. Now that's not to say that I haven't made deals. But I always make sure that I make a little something because I can't pay my mortgage with promises. I have to have, I mean, obviously, like, I don't, this isn't my side hustle. That's what I'm saying. I make all of my money, all of my living off of taking pictures. And so I can't afford to do that for free, even if I get, like, free pretzels in return. I don't know. Do do you do do it? Have you done it? Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I have worked for trade before, and I think that, you know... Um, now I will say I've never worked for exposure. Um, Mm. (laughs) and I, I think like, that's the kind of the telltale, like, you know, run to the run for the Hills. This is not going to be an advantageous thing for you because, you know, you can't pay your rent with exposure, that whole joke. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I very much agree with that sentiment. Like it's really, really hard to, to make a living when you give it away for free. Cause to your point, and I, I subscribe to this a little bit too, is that, you know, um, clients as wonderful as they are once once you're the free option it's really hard to convince someone to give you to give you what you're worth for that yeah you know because you've already sold it for nothing so why why would now i i would love for someone in the industry and the client side to say no that's totally not how it's worked for us then you would definitely be the exception not the rule and to you i tip my hat and applaud you and pat on the back and you're incredible great job keep doing that but in most practices, it's like it's, you know, when a when a client has money, when they have budget to spend and they're ready to spend it, you know, they're going to go treat themselves to the thing that they couldn't have before for free. Right. And you're not it. So, yeah. you know, you're more or less removing yourself from that equation because of that. Now, as far as trades go, like, 
Yeah, I've worked for trades before. Um, you know, I've done some work, some some smaller work for for brands for like social content, uh, and this for like for product. It's like, oh yeah, they'll, they'll throw me a couple things here, and I'll make some widgets for them, and I get to keep the things. It's really cool. Thanks. And I think what the way I justified it in my mind was. For me, like I at that at that time I was working for the agency, so I had, you know, I had steady income. I was doing my thing, I was working on really great projects, had a lot of fun with that. And then this stuff kind of came to my table. And, you know, we had had the conversation about, you know, here's what I here's what my day rate would be for a project like that. And they're like, well, we're still starting, we're getting off the ground with our social presence or whatever. We're trying to build that up. So we don't really have the budget to spend on that, but we would be more than happy to to kind of work through a trade. And, you know, at that point. For me, it was like the equitable thing was like, okay, well, at least I'll have some fun. I get to scratch some creative itches. I get some free stuff out of it, and I make a good friend. It made um, sense for you. you. Know, it worked it with made, your situation. It, made it, ma it worked for my situation, so I wasn't yeah. going to lose sleep over. And knowing that, like, you know, if they brought, if they broke into the mainstream and they got super, super popular, you know, that that running the risk of not being the paid person was a total possibility. Um, right. But I was okay with that. I think you know, I was like, all right, well, you know, that's fine. Like not gonna get my feelings hurt on it i will say what i did get out of it though is i got some fun stuff which was good i got some experience shooting some product and, and you know like working with something that i typically had not done at that point in my career yeah and um and i made a, a contact out of that like you know i keep in touch with that guy now he's moved on to the other other companies other things mm -hmm. and it's just you know it's one other person that, that had a pleasant working experience with you know it's like he had a quandary he had a problem because at the end of the day we're just people doing our jobs right you know um i don't think there's there's always a terrible intent behind not paying artists for things um i think sometimes it's just you know the nature of the beast it's like we don't have it we don't have it um and so yeah i, I found there to be an equitable trade event and i think like you know for people just getting started um you know, I don't think trades are, are as evil as they might seem on their face, especially right. if you're trading up, right? So it's like, I think about if I could, if I could do a trade, you know, with phase one, wink, wink, um, I would love to work for, for phase one for a trade, but you know, obviously they don't do that or maybe they have it not for me, but that kind of thing. Like if it's an up trade, then sure, by all means, sure. I'll certainly work the value of the product, um, for that kind of equitable transfer. Um, so, so that's interesting. And, and you just, you literally brought up a scenario that I went through, but I didn't get any trade in return. I've licensed photos to phase one and I did it for bragging rights. I did a series of photos that they liked and it was cool that they liked it. And they asked if they could use them somewhere, somehow in the world. And I got the paperwork and there was no dollar amount on it. And I went, you know what? I could say no to this or I could say yes to it. And then I can call my friends and say, like, Hey, phase one licensed my photos. And I did it. I signed off on it, but that was okay to me. Like, so so maybe I just lied up front and said like, no, I've never done anything for trade, but maybe I, maybe I have in some weird way, but I was okay with that. I think most importantly about whatever you do, whether it be trade or a discounted rate, which is maybe a whole nother episode. Um, I think you just got to be okay with it. You have to be able to stomach it and say like, I like what I'm getting in return for this. I don't feel like I'm getting taken for a ride. I feel like I'm being compensated in one way or another and yay, let's go. I think it's when the client starts to steamroll you and they say like, well, we're going to take you to the next level. If you just help us out here, we'll take you for a ride with us. Because chances are they're not going to take you for that ride, right? Yeah, I don't agree that they would. I mean, I think that that's one of those situations where like, it's nice to think that they would. And I'm not trying to like discount the efforts of people out there that do that, like that have said that before. Like, I'm sure yeah. the intent was always there. But sometimes like that, that, that picture sometimes changes once you have budget to spend, you know, you can afford someone that may be a little bit more seasoned or has more experience or has a look or feel that your particular like client, if you're an agency person, or if you're the, if you're that the client, like your brand might represent better. And right. with that, you know, like you want to get, you want to get the experience. You want to get the Cadillac. If you have Cadillac money, why would you go buy, why would you go buy an Econo car? Right? Like, right. You've, you've, you've hit the big time as they say. So. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as working for trade, I don't, I don't think that there's, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you just have to kind of, it's like, what can you sleep with at night? Cause you know, to your phase one story, um, I've, I've given work to like on social stuff. I think like, I think this is probably where most people will have their first experience with this. It's like, you took a really great picture. You posted to your social network, your Instagram, your Facebook, wherever it might be your 500 pixels account. Um, whatever that might be. And you'll, you, you might catch the wind of a brand that you did, like that you did it 
intending to do it for mm-hmm. and they say hey this is really great we'd love to use this on our feed you know let us know if that's okay and you know you essentially like i've done that for porsche i've done that for um bmw um and for me i don't know i think that was just like the the widgets i made were for myself like i i made them on my own time with my own dime just right. for funsies because i wanted to do it and to put it in my book and say that yeah i got to make some of these fun things um and then, you know, if you catch, the, like, caught the attention of these people, and go, you know, that's that's fun. I would love to see my stuff on their thing in front of a large worldwide audience. Right. And I think, I guess that's the exposure trade, right? So, yeah. you know, like, I, I yeah, I've done it for exposure too, but I don't know. I, I think for me, the intent was never like, I don't know, I made it with the idea that it was disposable content anyway. Sure. You Which know what's I think, funny? I'm actually, I'm like, the more we're having the conversation, the more I'm thinking about it, and the more I'm like replaying old scenarios in my head we've all worked for free that's the dangerous (laughs) secret (laughs) no i know like i love to sit here and be like no um but i think you know what it is i i have horrible knee-jerk reactions when someone calls me and says hey let's do some trade i immediately say no i don't want that job i don't want that client right but sitting here and thinking about it i've done a lot of free shit in my life but it's been like after the fact and it's been on my terms I do I, think that's the difference though, right? It's like when you yeah. can dictate the 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 terms of the trade, yes. you can dictate the terms of what, you know, like you feel better about it. I do. Um, that's I it. Think, so I've done a lot of trade then. Yeah. Cuz like I I think I have the same exact reaction like obviously as like back backwards as it seems like no, no one should ever work for free, but like, I don't know. I've given some stuff away for free before. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's all in, you know, but the times I have, I, I do agree with you. I think it's always been on the back end. It's like after I did it, you know, like I made a widget for fun and then, you know, someone wanted to use it and thought, you know what? Sure. Why not? If you can get some excitement and joy out of it or it'll see like a, a couple hundred people will see it or thousand, whatever that number is, then yeah. why not? I mean, like it ain't doing anything extra for me just sitting around. Correct. So might I'm as down well. with that. Yeah. yeah. I think th- I think it becomes like I take it personally sometimes when people are like, oh, man, like this, you know. If you if you help me out here, like we could really help you out later on, because that to me just never happens. I've never gotten the yeah. help out later on, and, and well, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it, yeah, to your point, I think it's it almost seems disingenuous. Like, it's yeah. like no, no, you're not. Like, it's nice to think that, but realistically, you're probably not. And you know what? If I I whenever so when I was agency side, there were times when I had to help help like help clients contract out freelance photographers. So like. I wasn't able to shoot it for whatever reason, whether it be budget or scheduling or whatever. And so, right. or like style, maybe sometimes it was just like, I wasn't able to kind of emulate or do what they needed me to do yep. um, based on how I'd work. And so that's fine. Like no, no hard feelings, totally understand. Let me make some calls. And like, and with that, you know, you start talking to other artists and it's like, I'm going to need, I'm going to be straight with you. This is what I need. And this is what I'm looking to do for like, get pay out for it. And like, that's kind of it, you know? And I think, I think that if more, more people, like more of the, 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 the op, like the art, art buyer side was like, Hey, look, here's the truth. Here's the, here's the cold hard truth of it. I have zero money to spend with this type of an engagement. What I can offer you is this. And like, if you don't want it, that's totally cool. I absolutely understand. But like, that's what I got, yeah. you know, I, I just, I never liked the promise of return, I think, because it's never happened. I don't, you know, when the phone rings and it's like, if you if you scratch our back right now, dude, we're gonna we're gonna rub you down next month. Like that never happens, you know. But if somebody's like, "Hey, shit, this is this is all I've got right now. Like, can you can you make it work for this?" Like, I'd be more willing to to talk about it. It's the promise of return because that's maybe I've just been let down my whole life. Maybe that's it. No, <laughs> you know, I like, mean, I I would much rather like. I mean, here's here's the thing. Like, I'm I'm a reasonable person, and like this will this will kind of segue into the next thing we talk about eventually. But like the idea that. I'm a reasonable person in the sense that not every job I do has to hit a certain price point. Right. Right. Like it's not, I, I'm willing to change the widget we make for what you have to spend, you know? Correct. And I think like, I think sometimes it's not nearly as black and white as like, you don't have this much can't, can't work for you at all. It's like, okay, well, you know, if you come into a conversation and say like, look, Ashton, here's the deal. Our budget is, I don't know. Our budget's two grand. Here's what we got to spend on this widget making. And like, I know that your rate might be higher or that total project cost might be higher depending on what you might need to put into it. What can we do for that along those lines? That's different. And I'm on board with that. Line yeah, of I'm thinking. totally down with that. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, it's like if you like, and I know there's just like this this dirty little secret of like don't talk about budget. You know, like I can't show my cards to this photographer because they'll take me for all right. I'm worth. And it's like, look, I'm I'm just a guy doing doing what I think I'm talented at or what I have a, a skill set at, and like I'm I can be reasonable. So like if you don't have like I also have a day rate, and it's like if you can't hit that day rate, that's okay. I understand. Tell me what you have, and I can tell you what I can what I can do for you. Like what I'm good at, I can do it in that style, to a certain level, depending on what you might need. Yeah. So it's like if you want to turn down the number of deliverables, or you want to tone down the scope of the, the the work, like we can still make you a great thing. Maybe just fewer of them, or maybe it's a slightly different variation of it. But we can still hit that. And I feel like that's a far more honest transaction, right? Like, right. I feel much better about that than saying like. You know, see you later. Go, go walk. Right. Like take a take a walk. Like because ain't we ain't talking. <laughs> or, you know, the idea of like can only give you. I can only give you exposure. It's like okay, well, if you truly only have that, that's fine. I think is it equitable enough for me? I don't know. It depends on the situation, right? What about the idea of um, you know, like uh, okay, let's just say that a client calls and they say like, let's say that they actually show their cards and they say this is my budget. I was always under the impression that when you had a budget, it meant that you were willing to spend up to that amount. Now, as a photographer slash sales guy, it's my job to get you to spend that plus a little bit more. And it's your job to try to spend as little as possible. That's the game that we play. I think that's fair to say. Like, we're all playing that game. But to to hide it, to not say, like, I have two grand to spend on this shoot makes life very difficult for everybody involved, I think. If you're not going to say to me, I've got X, what can I get for X? You know, like when I go to the car dealership, I don't say, I'm not telling you what I want to spend. Show me your best deal. I'm never going to own a car at that point. Nobody will ever sell me a car. No, no. I mean, I, 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 no, I, I don't disagree. I don't know. I think like, I think that there are, when it comes to that, that kind of that tango of budget negotiation, I always like to, I always ask the number, like, I always ask if there is a number, like, do you have a ballpark in mind? Do you have a budget set aside for this, this project? Just because it helps me frame where I should start building out my estimate, right? Like if I'm trying to estimate out something, it helps me determine like, like where, where is your, where's your metric of, of, of fit and finish on this thing, right? Are you expecting, like, if you give me a big range or a big number, then I think, okay, so you, you're looking for you're looking to buy a Lexus and like with the Lexus, you're going to have, you know, really nice fit and finish. You're going to want some of the niceties. You're going to want to build it out. And that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Let's let's talk like. But if you're saying, no, 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 I've only got like Craigslist Honda Civic money. Then, well, that's OK, too. That's fine. Here's what I might be able to deliver for that. Like I can work with that to create something. And if I can't, like if it's if it's truly that too low for me. Then I can say, well, you know what? I might not be the right guy for you, but I'm willing to hand off. I'm willing to give you a couple names of people that might be interested, that might have availability and time. Because I think, you know, like. You should call my friend Dave Patino. He's more yeah. of a Honda Civic kind of guy. Well, and then that's like, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, I'll, I'll, I've, I've don't think I've ever really turned down Honda Civic Craigslist money. Like, right. Like, <laughs> but it's, but it's with the idea that the, that the deliverable has changed. Like, I'm not going to give, yeah. I'm not going to work and build a Lexus on Honda Civic Craigslist money. Right. Like, that's fine. Right. Like, it's fine that if you only have a little bit, at least I know. And then I can better, I can better create what you're after. Be, be frank, be, be, be candid about it. It's like, you know, look, here's a deal, David. I don't have, I have this much to spend. Here's what I, I need to come away with. Is it something that you might be able to work with me on? Um, you know, like maybe next year, when, like, and I think the the whole budget thing, like, oh, next year when we have budgets figured out, we'll have more to spend. I think that that's like, I get that. I get that metric. I understand that, that dance, you know, that, that account side or agency side or client side might be working with. I get that totally. But right now, like what you have right now is what's relevant to me, you know, because like I can I can help you get something done with what you have if I know what that is and we're willing to approach it from an, a point like a perspective of honesty. Right. Like, yeah, um, you know, it's like if you truly don't mean to work with me when you have a big budget to spend, then that's OK. Just like let me know. But sure. don't like but don't overshadow it with the idea like, oh, well, he's given us a deal now because we told him we're, we're going to take him to the next level and we don't intend to do that. Yeah. Well, I think in, in, in you and I, I think for the most part, kind of price the same way we price the job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Not I, like I don't price like, oh, it's going to take me X amount of hours. So 
like I don't charge an hourly fee. I, I kind of like, I look at each client, I look at each job and I go, well, to do that, it's going to cost X. And so, you know, rolling into not a whole nother topic, but like, you know, when a, when a client calls and says like, well, how much? And you say, well, it's going to be three. And they say like, well, we only have 15, 3,000. You say 3,000. They say, well, we only have 1,500. Can you do it for that? If you immediately go like, yes. Well, what happened to that extra 1,500? Was that just like a, a bullshit number that you had? Or was that like, you know, wh- wh- how did the value drop yeah. that fast? Like yeah. you have to, I think even when you're doing free work or when you're giving a discount or when you're doing whatever it is, trade, there should be a dollar amount assigned to that. You know no, what I mean? Absolutely. Like if I'm going to trade with you, if I'm going to do a thousand dollars worth of photo work for you, I expect a thousand dollars worth of bubble gum in return. That's how I view trade. It's not like, oh, a thousand dollars worth of photo work for a case of bubble gum. A case of bubble gum may only cost 50 bucks. Like, sorry, like we don't have money to trade back and forth, but we have product to trade back and forth. So let's trade the appropriate amount of product back and forth. I agree. No, I mean, I think the, so like we, I priced everything. I mean, I price things by the project, um, mm-hmm. but I also assign hours to like how long yeah. I think that'll, I oh, mean like that, I think that's yeah. how any <laughs> business should probably, you know, when you're putting your, when you're just trying to decide what you're going to charge or what your day rate might be or whatever your whatever you metric you charge by, like right. I think figuring out an hourly breakdown is probably a, a good amount. Like, cause you don't want to, you don't want to be always upside down on the servicing part, right? You don't want right. to be working extra within reason. I mean, you don't want to be like breaking your back and not getting a fair comp for it just because like you'll price yourself, you'll put yourself out of business and you'll hate working and all that, all that stuff that they talk about. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, you know, I try to tie it to a reasonable amount of hours. Like I, I estimate and I think, well, based on similar things I've done in the past, this is generally how long it takes me um, to do the, the work or the art or to make the widget that you've asked me to make that, you know, that I've had experience making before. And, you know, the same thing with, with like that, that negotiation of trade. It's like, well, you know, if I'm going to trade, if it's, if it's, if it truly is a trade, like product to services type of Mm -hmm. situation, like, yeah, I would love it. I I would prefer there be an equal amount, right? Like it's an an equal, a fair, equitable exchange of services to goods would be nice. Um, you know, and I think like when it comes down to negotiating, like, oh, well, you know, I told you the project would cost you three, you have 1500, you know, like for me, that's a pretty big gap. Um, and I generally like, I would approach one of those in a situation like, well, that might be a little bit too wide of a, a gap for, for me to kind of close or a little too far apart. But what we can do is we can narrow the scope of the work. So if you needed right. 10 widgets, maybe we can get away with doing, doing half, doing five widgets. Um, or, you know, if you want to have 10 widgets, maybe we can reduce the scale and scope of those 10 widgets. Maybe they're not as varied. Maybe they're a little bit more similar. Maybe they require less, less wrench turning. You know what I mean? Like, cause those are really the only two things I can, I can, I can change how many things I give you or how, how much I work on it, you know? Right. Um, and I think that's what, I think that would be the same thing for, for the opposite end. I think, you know, cause most agencies, they charge, they, they bill by the, the quarter hour or the hour or however their metrics are set up. But like, mm-hmm they do the same thing. So like when that account person has to write, you know, emails and make phone calls and call the photographers, like they're charging their clients for that time. So like, right. it's only fair that it works both ways. And th- that goes, I mean, we get into like a whole bunch of like business and economics and all that kind of shit. When you start talking about this, like, you know, like using a loss leader, like agencies are famous for loss leader, right? Yeah. Like, Oh, we'll give them this so that we land the big account. I mean, that, that's that's how they make their money sometimes. And like, that's how a lot of businesses make their money. And I think it's not a bad way to do business. Um, it's just a little bit harder maybe for a single proprietor, sole proprietor. Yeah, I agree. Right? I, mean, I mean, I'm just one guy. Like, I can't spread my risk over a team of 20 people, Correct. you know? Like, I can't hope to like, oh, I'm going to, one person's, you know, forte or, you know, expertise will take a loss. But, you know, the other 19 people will get work out of it to do their other things that they're gifted at. And it's like, I don't have that luxury. Um, you know, so like that, that becomes a little bit harder. I think like I was talking to some friends over dinner a couple nights ago and, you know, we were talking about different types of photographers. You know, you have like family and wedding photographers that do like mini sessions. And the question was like, well, do you think mini sessions are a great or a good thing for, for family photographers? And I, I mean, like, it's my thought that families are like mini sessions, like these like 10 minutes, 
right. 15 or 15 minute session in the park. And we, you know, we make, you get 10 pictures and that kind of thing for like a hundred bucks or whatever the price is. Um, it's like usually a reduced rate because it's not a full blown thing. Sure. Like, I think that like one of the ways you can make money as a photographer is it's either like it's by having large temple projects, like by having your rate, right. Or mm -hmm. you do volume. So like, mm -hmm. That's the loss leader method, right? The volume part, right? So it's like, but I think for where we compete, like on the commercial side, like there's two, there's not too many instances where it's like, I've shot one thing for you. Let me do 15 other things on the same. Right. Like, cause it's like, you know, one production day is one production day is one production day. Like, you know, when I make widgets for a client, that's a, that's a full eight hour day. Like I don't have, I can't monetize the other hours because there are none. Right. <laughs> um, but like, if you're like, if you're a family photographer, it's like, oh, well, I have a family session that's going to take me an hour. And then, you know what, I'll show up four hours early and do mini sessions and I'll fill those 15 minute blocks. And, you know, that's, that's a great way to make, like, that's a great way to, to monetize your time. Sure. You're already, because they're making already, killing at that point. Well, right. And you've, you <laughs> like, you've sunk your sunk costs is that you're going to be in the park anyway. Like you're going to, or your location or your studio, right? You're open for business that day. You might as well, like, might as well make use of the time, monetize yeah. the time. But like, I don't think that we have that. That's a little bit different in the commercial space in the sense that like when most, like with most projects, when I give a, a client an estimate for a project, it's usually, it's a half day or a full day. It's like they're large chunks of time. So like right. my ability to, to, to have a loss leader where it's like, I get this small thing, you know, with the idea that I'm going to bring in more business. It's like, it's not always the case, you know, yeah. like. Most advertising campaigns don't have like 15 other small advertising campaigns are going to bring no. in with it. <laughs> no. You know? No, but they all have five other photos that they'd like to tack on to the end. How many times have you been on set and they've been like, oh, if we have time at the end of the day, let's just do these two other ones. Right? And now now uh, it's up to you. And we're kind of like transitioning to topics here, which is nice. But like it, it becomes up to you at that point to say, am I going to take that on? Or do I open my mouth up right now and say... Oh, sure. Three more photos. Uh, that's $150 uh, per photo times three. Yeah, well, you know, we'll do it for X amount of dollars. Or do you just say like, man, we're doing the shoot. I'm in for it. Like, at what point do you decide I'm taking the sale, whether it be on the day of or prior, or I'm, I'm going to have to pass this up or we're going to have to work this out in a different way? Gosh, I think for me, like, <laughs> I think for me, it's always been like, um, how is it vastly different? If it's within the same scope, like the same, not scope, because it's always, if an ask, an extra ask, we'll just clear this one up. An extra ask at the end of the day is out of scope, period. Always. Because if it was in scope, we would have planned for it. So <laughs> it would have been on always the out of scope. <laughs> and generally out of scope things require a budget adjustment, right? Out of scope things require additional dollars to like, because it's extra time. Yeah. Um, now like in that situation, Hey, we're already here. We're making these things. Would you mind making two extra angles or whatever, or you know, throwing in two variations of something? Sure. I mean, like I'm already here. I, I don't know. I, I liked, I like to think that I run a pretty fun, fun set. Like I keep it, I like to think I keep it light and fun and you yeah. know, cause we're making pictures. So that's a great thing. Um, so yeah, let's throw it in and like we can adjust the edit time on the back end to compensate for that if you want those widgets. And right, so I we'll think, I, I think I always kind of put it up as a, we'll figure, yeah, we'll definitely figure it out. Yeah. Um, knowing that like on the back end, I'm going to say, you know, oh, okay, so we had those two extra setups. If you'd like those images, I'm more than happy to edit them for you. It's going to be an additional bump of, cause it's out of scope. It's going to be an additional X amount of hours or budget or whatever that might be. Um, but now like, if it was like, Hey, can we pack this up and go like set up another setup somewhere else? That's, I mean, I guess it depends on how far into the production day I am and if I really truly feel it. But generally, the answer would be like, no, I think that's going to be a different project. Like, I don't know. You got to kind of have to feel those out. I don't it, think there's really I think really it depends a, how far into your career you are. I got <laughs> that, that too. Yeah, for because sure. No, I, I've done it, man. I've done the two hour shoot and then they've gone like, hey, do you want to do you want to go outside and shoot a few more things? And, and then you could like kind of do the whole project knowing that I'm only still getting X, right? Like I, I've done that. I did it many times eight years ago like just being like yeah yeah of course like yeah we're here because i used to price based on like well i'll be there for three hours and so at two hours and 15 minutes they're like well we still got 45 minutes so let's go tear up a bunch of other stuff and i had no recourse it was like well yeah i'm here for and probably because i was still pricing based on 
event work that I had done, you know, like which was price per hour. And there was no like, oh, you get X amount of images. It was like, yeah, you know, you get approximately 100 images per hour that I'm on site or whatever it was. And so I was under that mindset still. And I think a lot of it is that I've changed the way I think about the work that I do. Not in a yeah. pretentious, not in a, not in a wildly pretentious way, but more so just in the fact that like I know what it takes me to do a shot now, and it, and and this kind of shot and that kind of shot, and so I just work within those parameters. I think part of it is like how long have you been doing it? How, what are you comfortable with? Where you know where are you at in terms of like saying yes and no to people? Well, and I I I, I absolutely agree, and I don't know if I'm like wavering on my whole stance here, but like I think it <laughs> I think it like it just depends on I think it depends on the. Depends on the scope, how far out of scope that ask is, you know, like I was on a shoot, I was on a shoot last month where we were doing a a handful of different setups, a lot of different setups. And, you know, it was like, Hey, can we, can we try one of these? And I was like, you know what? We're, yeah, we're already here. The stuff is here. It's just reconfiguring a couple odds and ends. Why not? Like, that's okay with me knowing that like, they may not select those to move forward with the next day, the next stage of editing. Mm -hmm. They might, I mean, and then from there, you know, like, I think the 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 balance being like yeah absolutely we're here it's just a reconfiguration of product like let's shoot it and then on the back end it's like oh well we want those okay great we're going to we're going to scope adjust because those are extra deliverables and I think that's right. kind of I think that's a fair ask and and you know those clients are very understanding about that kind of thing it's like okay well we're asking for more things so that means we're going to pay a little bit more and that's that's fair um <clears throat> now if it was like vastly out of scope then yeah, then it's like, no, that's a completely different project altogether. It's like, if it was sure. like, hey, I'm shooting product and now I need to shoot models using product on Seamless, like, no, 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 that's that's a different widget altogether with different yeah. I, like setups and different lighting and different considerations on the editing front. Like, that's a whole different day for me. You know, like my brain is set here to do this thing, not, not the, the plus, you know? It's interesting how that works because, you know, you don't want to be the guy on set to say no. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to be that guy. It sucks. It sucks to be that guy. Like you don't yeah. want to be the bad parent, you know, but right. at the you same time, negative. you have to cover yourself and make sure that, you know, like, like you said, like if it's a different setup, cause you want to see it and maybe you want the image, maybe you don't like, no, you're not really digging into my time. You're not really digging into a different, you know, workflow or whatever. Like, yeah, we're just going to shoot it and you can figure it out later all for it. But like, you know, there's a reason that my contract says that I'm delivering 12 images today because that's what we've decided to do. And so I think that's, that's a really important thing though. It's like, Hey, we're going to deliver up to X amount of images today. You should be shooting more than that because what you do want is for your client to come back and go like, man, we want all 20. These are all great. That's a great thing. If you can make a little bit of extra money on it somehow, you know, uh, but, but, but the last thing you want to do is just have them think that they're, they're still within scope, I guess is what, you know. Sure. No. And I, I guess like the way the experience I've had with that were, uh, I've had to kind of, or I've had to more or less pump the brakes and say, yeah, that's going to be a different thing is like, it's not necessarily product related. It's more like, it was more like lifestyle related. It's like we had in all the pre-production and all the planning, all the mood board stuff, like all the exploration, you know, we had set up the idea of three unique setups, right? Three different things with assets, like widgets coming from those three different things, you know, and then when you're in the situation, like when we were in the situation, it was like, hey, do you think we could do one more setup over here? It's like, no, we don't have time for that today. Like, it's not going to work. Our schedule's already packed with these three areas that we have to cover these many shots. That's going to be a scope change. And happy to, like, happy to have that conversation, but it would have to be not today. Right. You know, and I think, I think that's where, because I mean, at that point, that would be, a that's a massive scope change, right? Like you're adding an additional setup that was not planned for or, you know, or directed, you know, initially. And it it throws a wrench in the rest of your production day, right? Um, sure. Because, you know, like I, I've budgeted my time, like I've, I've spec'd out the day based on how many things I needed to do. So like in this example, three things, is a tight fit for one day. That was like a really, really, we were firing all cylinders. We work through lunch type of situation to get it done. If it would have been four from the start, that would have been a two day situation. And I would have budgeted it as a two day shoot because at that point you need to like you, you, that's a lot of different setups, a lot of different variations. You're going to come away with more data, more stuff to process through like that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's inherently a different scope of the work. 
had they said to you, we need to do all four in the day, you could have easily just, you could have made your decision at the point and said like, you know what? I just, I can't, I can't do that. You could have left it on the table and just said like, nope, sorry, it's going to have to be two days or, or maybe we can readjust X, Y, and Z, right? When they drop it on you on set at 2 p.m., you no longer have the ability to walk away from it. You no, no longer right. have the ability to say, oh yeah, sorry, we're going to have to come back here tomorrow. And that puts, yeah. that puts you, the, the photographer, the business owner in a very weird place. Like, what do you do? You don't, you know, like I said, you don't want to be the guy in the room who's like stopping the show. But had you had this happened three days ago, it wouldn't have been an issue. It would have just been like, nope, can't do it. Sorry. You know, I'd be interested to hear like maybe some art directors chime in with, you know, comments, send us your comments. If you're an art director and you're listening to this, send us your comments about times where photographers that you've worked with have flipped out. You don't have, right. please don't name names. We don't want to know them. Uh, like we don't want to know who it was, but like experience where you may have made an ask like that. Like, Hey, we're in here. Can we maybe squeeze in one more thing? And like someone maybe flipped out. Cause like, I think to your point, like you're right, David, like it's, it's, you don't like, nobody wants to be the negative Nancy uh, in all respects to Nancy's out there. Like you don't want to be the negative person on the set. You don't want to be the one that's dragging everybody down by being like, no, I don't want to do that. That's not part of my contract. Um, and I don't know. I think I, anytime I've ever had to say, no, I don't think that's going to work. I've always tried to approach it from the idea. Cause this is, this is my truth at least that like I've budgeted the time that we have here to do the things we set out to do, you know? And usually, I don't know. I, I don't, there, there have been, gosh, in my, my nine years doing this, um, I can't think of a shoot where the schedule wasn't jam packed. Right. I think it's like, it's like in an effort to increase value for the, the people I'm working for. It's like, I always try to like fit in as many different variations or setups as we can, what's reasonable. And I think the, the, the part that becomes a challenge is like when, once I've kind of gotten to that, that shoot day, I've already planned out, like I've budgeted my time. And during those days, like sometimes we run behind, you know, and that's really, really stressful for everybody involved. It's stressful for, for the art directors on the agency side. It's, it's stressful for the clients. It's stressful for the team that I'm working with, like whether it be a stylist and makeup and food, like food stylist. It's like, that's a lot of extra pressure to put on your team. Um, when you're already asking a lot of them. And so I don't know. I think I try to think of it as like not like the whole idea of saying that's a scope change. It would have to be a different conversation is, is basically just a way to keep everybody from like jumping off the boat, you know, like, right. Cause shoot days, like for me, like I, I've never had the luxury of a day where it's like super easy. We're only going to do three things. We have the whole day to get there. It's always like we have, we have a mission today. We have a lot to accomplish and we don't have time to mess around. Like we gotta be floating on the ex like we gotta be on the execution line and just nailing it. But um, even on the even on the days where you only have three shots, there's a reason that you've budgeted a day for three shots. Like you know what I mean? Like oh yeah, even I mean, though it's only three shots, you're still booked. Like you no, don't no, no, have right. time to put you've, it. You know, you've mentally budget like you, you've you've logistically and mentally budgeted that time to make the thing per the project scope. I mean that's the way, right. at least how my brain works. Like. You know, if the deliver like there's only nine deliverables, like my plan is to make these nine things today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the time that I have, knowing that that's is the that is the time necessary to make those nine things, whatever it might be, right? Right. And so to throw in an extra that's vastly out of scope, that's a really hard proposition for me because I'm already stretched really thin on this, right? Like, and it's not a like I'm not trying to say no out of disrespect. It's just like no. I mean, like right, like unfortunately, we have we have our marching orders today, and like they there's really no there's really no gap for us to push in another thing. Um, so like you know for whenever I was on the art direction side of the table, right, um, working with other photographers, I tried to keep that in mind, knowing that like you know, like six setups in a day, virtually impossible to do. Like if you're talking about like what you have talent and models and setups and just like set design, like that is an aggressive, not even remotely possible. And like, I've had to go back to clients in the past and say, I see your shot list. This is really great. But accomplishing all this in one day is just not going to be possible. We need to, we need to like lob this in half and then maybe we can squeeze that in, you know, yeah. like I think, 
I think it's just having reasonable expectations on both sides of the table, right? For like both the clients say they, they're spending this money with you. They they want to make it their you know they they want to make it great. They want to have great stuff from you. They've hired you to make your art. So like awesome, thank you, wonderful. But then the other opposite side of it is like they should understand that like you know there's an inherent time like requirement to make these things. This is why we budget it the way we did or we said it the way we did. So to add another thing, another layer of 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 complexity that just doesn't that doesn't always work. Yeah. You know, and so for the times it does, you know, like if it if it can work, I will do my very best to accommodate it. But most likely it can't or it, it's not going to be a good thing, so like I won't I won't I would advise against it. You know what I mean? Right. Now, here's um, the thing. Do you advise against it? Or do you try to be a little more solution-oriented and say like, hey, listen, we're strapped for time right now. If you want to add that in, um, you know, it wasn't on our original list, so so technically we don't need it, but it would be a great idea. So let's let's get through the rest of this, see what we're left with. Let's try to stick it in at the end of the day. Um, but we might, hey, everybody, we might have to stay an hour or two later. Can everybody, you know what I mean? Like if you start trying to produce a solution to the problem, as opposed to yeah. just being like, nope, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think if it's mission critical, it's like, hey, it's absolutely like, and I, I've been on a shoot where, you know, the, the shot list was 50 deep and it's like, hey, we need 10 more things and these are mission critical. We have to have these. And it's like, okay, like, I understand, like, what we'll do is we'll add in, we'll, we'll try to get, we'll, we'll process what we're doing right now. We'll focus on what's in front of us and we'll add it to the end of the list and we'll do our very best to get there. Um, and I think like there's a couple different ways I've had to go about it. It's either asking your team to stay later, knowing that there's going to be overages, right? You're going to have to pay overtime fees, mm -hmm. which is, you know, like that's something you would wrap, you would have to like say, okay, well, that's fine. We can accommodate, if we can accommodate that, like it's doable, it's not completely out of scope where we have to, you know, redo this thing, then sure, let's, let's try to fit it in. We'll try to edge it into the back of the day. There are going to be additional fees tied to keeping our talent and team here, whatever it might be. Um, and then I think like, I think on the photographer and the problem solving part of my brain goes into, okay, well, I've just added, you know, 10 extra things to my list of 50. So now I need to kind of reconfigure my brain and start chewing through it a little bit faster. And yeah. then, then the other part becomes like how I've had to tackle that shoot was like, okay, well, as a shot is like, as I start taking the, like working on a particular shot or an angle or whatever it is, the, the requirement is, if it doesn't work, don't waste any more time on it. It's like, yep, nope. this shot, this shot is not working. We're moving to the next one. You know, we're going to try something different. And that internal timekeeping is where that kind of kicks in. And it's like, you're able to kind of chew out or like cut out the excess, knowing that you've added additional stuff that's mission critical to the end of your day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And I don't know, I, I really, to your point, I think it's where you are in your career. It's, um, what type of work you're doing. It's, you know, how, how the situation is playing out. It's very much like an in the, it's a game time type of call. I don't really think there's a hard and fast rule for it, at least not the one that I would subscribe to. Like, I think you have to tackle everyone as a unique situation. Um, and you know, realistically, like there are some hills that you, you might want to die on and some you might not want to. I mean, something that you're totally cool to just kind of yeah, take it on the chin. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some more right. and we'll work a little bit later or whatever that might be. So I think you, for each person, you kind of have to make that call on your own. Um, my my ask being like to all the art director people out there is like, you know, be reasonable with your asks, knowing that like things take time. You know, it takes time to, to work through a shot list. And so if it's a really ambitious shot list, if there's a lot on there, know that photographers as a group of people will try to give you the most value for your money that they can. Um, we're we're going to try to squeeze in as much asset making and image creation and all that stuff as we can, knowing that there is a limit to the number of hours there are in a workday and, you know, the, the possibilities or capabilities of what we're able to accomplish within that workday. Yeah, totally. We're not saying no just for the sake of saying no. And we're not saying yes for the sake of saying yes. There's a reason behind the answers that we give because we know what we're capable of and what we can deliver in that given time frame. So I'm like a broken record today. It, it, it really depends for me on how that ask comes across the table. And in the same kind of realm of 
asks and whatnot. I kind of want to talk about how feedback is given and how how we receive feedback on the images that we create. Somebody says to me like, uh, man, the shot's really busy. Tell me more. How is it very busy? And they're like, eh, it just, it's not working for me. It's just like real busy. I, that, I can't do anything with that because I might take away one aspect of it and that's the one aspect that you like of it. How How is it that you end up communicating with these people in both directions? Yeah, no. You know, I, and what's, I, what's helpful for you when when you are working through a shot or when you are after the fact working through a shot? How, how do you like to be challenged and or questioned and or whatever by you know the art director the creative director whoever's involved there no i mean this is like we've talked about this before and it's 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 you know like i've had i've had the honor and pleasure and luxury of being on both sides of the table you know like being an art director and and working through the strategy components of a shoot with a photographer and then obviously getting to shoot day where it's like you're working with them and you have to translate feedback um you know like on the art directors, like they they carry a they carry the expertise of the client and the brand and what that project is supposed to do, and so like they're very very important to the creative process. And I, I think that like to your point, like I've experienced this as well, and mostly on the back end. I've I've never gosh, it's always on the back end for me. It's like three weeks after we're not in the studio and I can't fix any like I can't change any of the things. Right. Hey, why, why do we have one of these? Why didn't we get one of these? And it's like, because you said we were good. You said that we got what we need and we were good to move on. So, yeah. or, you know, like the, to your point, I've got, I've definitely gotten the, this looks busy. It's like, all right, well, what would you, what do you not like? Like, what else do you not like? What else can I fix for you? Um, yeah. So I think, I don't know. I, I think I've had the luxury of doing, being on that side of being told how that needs to be done or what needs to be changed and I've, and telling someone how to do it or what needs to be fixed and I think it's it's just being clear, you know. I think diving down, like to deliver a point of feedback, but then elaborate, right? Come follow full circle with what you're trying to say here. Mm -hmm. And and if you can't do it with words, maybe show it in examples. You know, it's like, and I think that that that's probably more important important in the exploratory phase when you're like going through the the first parts of pre pro, where right. it's like here is the look and feel we're after, and you know, like you send mood boards and examples and pinterest boards or whatever it is that you might send over to a photographer um because that helps that helps immensely translate what you have in your mind's eye that way i can better understand how that how that looks with my style on it my lens mm -hmm. um and so and i think the, the type of feedback i get can very much turn me into a, a grumpy person on set right, right. like <laughs> if it's not like i think and that's just you know getting like i think that's with any situation if someone's telling you they don't like what you're doing or they're they, they want to see something else but they're not they're not elaborating on what that is like it's a very frustrating it's a frustrating situation it's like well i i can't i'm trying to implement changes but i don't know what you'd like me to change yeah and so um you and sometimes know, I, they don't know what they want i mean that happens it happens to everybody it's there, sometimes there you hit a point where you're staring at the screen and you're going i just don't like it yeah and I don't know why, like, that's the toughest part ever. Like, that's the worst place to be, but it happens on the regular, I think, or it happens on the regular when I'm around, you know, like, how do you, how do you deal with that when you're just like, man, it's just not flowing. Like, do you just stop and go get a cup of coffee and come back or like, I think in my experience, you know, and maybe you can tell me if you've been here too, but like when, when I'm in a shoot. And we have a shot on that list and it's like, we got it. We got to work on this one and get this one. So we start working on it and maybe it's not working. Maybe the look is not, it's not how we thought it was going to look. The, 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 the talent or the models are having a hard time, you know, getting that look in or whatever it might be. There's two schools of thought. It's like, you can, you can take a walk on it. Like you said, grab a cup of coffee or something and just give it some room to breathe before it comes back at you. I generally find that sometimes it's just like, just scratch it from the list, move on to the next thing, you know, like, mm. you know, dance around the angle, like try, you know, try different angles, try different movements, try moving the talent around a little bit, maybe reconfigure the set some, adjust the light. But if it's not working, you know, you gotta, you got a whole day of stuff to make. Um, can't force it. You can't, you can't waste some, the time some, yeah, trying to force it. Exactly. Some things you just can't, you can't force. And, and, and I think, I think that's okay. That should be okay. You know, um, you know, I was working on a project where we had a, a, um, 
um, a professional athlete. And we were working and trying to get through this really, really, you know, ambitious shot list. And there was one shot that we thought was going to be really, really cute in execution. Like we saw an example that we thought was really adorable. We started working, like we thought, oh, we should totally do the same thing. And we get there, we're on set, we're crunching through the day and we get to the shot and we start doing it. And it's like, you know what? It's just not, it's not working right. We don't, we don't love, like it looked okay, but we didn't love it. And we weren't, we weren't in love with it anymore. And you know what? Like someone had to say, it's time to just let this one go, cut it loose. And that's yeah. what we did. We, we just said, you know, like, and I had a really great, uh, a really great art director on that. That was like, and this was the client side art director. She was incredible. She was like, you know what? I, I don't love this look. And I was like, okay, let me try a couple different things. She's like, how about if we tried this? And she gave me some really great feedback. She was like, what if we adjusted the light to make this a little bit brighter on this end? Or what if we tried to, to, you know, ask her to move this around? Like, that's perfect. I can do that. I can translate that into something. And so you start working with the talent and saying, okay, tr move the cup this way or, you know, try sliding that way a little bit. And you start feeding things, you know, you, you do the things you do as a photographer to like, you know, get people to react, to smile and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it, it still wasn't working and it wasn't the talent's <laughs> fault. It wasn't, it wasn't anyone's particular fault. It just wasn't a look that worked for, for, for that setup, for that person, yeah. for her. And so we just nixed it. We're like, yep, moving on to the next thing. That's okay. Yeah. And then the next shot we got was magic because it was perfect. It was perfect for her. It was perfect for our art director. It was perfect for me. Like it all kind of gelled and that was cool. Um, so I think, you know, I think for some shot lists, when you, especially when they're really ambitious ones, when you have a lot of, like if you're trying to make, if your ultimate deliverable is 10 things, but you have 50 on the list, like know that some mm. of those are just going to be stinkers. They're not going to be winners, you know? And Right. And that's why you, and that's why you have 50 on the list. And that's why you, you know that you're going to throw away. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, that, that, that things are going to end up on the cutting room floor. They're and supposed I, to. <laughs> I almost approach the, like I approach headshots that way. You know, whenever I've had, um, I've been asked to make portraits or headshots of, of folks. It's like, you know, we'll have a handful of looks that we might want to try, but like not everyone can do the serious look. Not everyone can do, mm -hmm. you know, the big smile. Like it's every, like people are just different. And sometimes that look doesn't work for, for you or your personality or whatever it might be. And so it's like, don't be afraid to just say, you know what, this one's not going to be one for us today. And we're going to nix it. We're going to move on to the next sure. thing. I sure. think like, I think for as far as like keeping a set like happy and moving, um, not being completely committed to like, or married to like one, one idea, like, you know, cause if you, cause we've all been on those sets where you're driving at one thing for like 45 minutes and nothing is working Yeah, no. <laughs> and you're, you're trying to problem solve, but I think there's a little bit of frustration that comes out on every angle of the table. It's like your, your art director, your agency people are like, oh, this is, what are we doing here? Like, this isn't working. We don't like this. I, I don't know why I don't like it, but it's just, I don't like it. And then the photographer gets, gets frustrated because it's like, well, I'm trying here. I'm trying to work this out. And then the talent, like if you have talent on this one, like, you know, they're just standing there like, I don't know what to do. Give, <laughs> give me more feedback. I don't know. I feel badly that I'm not giving you what you need. Cause like I've talked to talent when we've been in those tough situations and like they have a really, really hard job. Uh, I don't think they get enough credit for it. But like, if you're, if you're a professionally good looking person and you've worked with a photographer or, or on a project before, where like you're not getting a lot of feedback, um, but you can tell that you're, they're not getting what they need. It's that's a frustrating part to be in because it's like you feel squarely at fault for that, and it, you might not be, you know, you right. But like everyone kind of gets a little dragged down by that, and so you know if you don't cut it off soon enough, like you carry that for the rest of the day. You know, yeah. it's like how many times? Like I can tell you, I've, I've been I've been through the morning part of a shoot. And you get into lunch and you're like, man, that morning was rough. <laughs> like, I'm glad I'm taking a break to grab a Coke here and like, you know, grab a sandwich. And maybe when we get back after lunch, we'll hit it a little bit harder with some vigor. But like knowing when to kind of cut it loose. So I think for like for art directors, if you're if you're trying to give feedback, like ex elaborate on what you what you're not seeing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm and, very cut and dry with everybody up front. Like I. I First of all, I'm lucky enough to work with a lot of the same people over and over again. But but even when I don't, like, I have no problem meeting someone and being like, listen, if you hate it, just tell me you hate it. Yep, totally. And I say Agreed. it just like that because more times than not, I will just say to someone like, hey, if you hate it, just tell me you hate it because that's what I'm going to do to you. If you if we do the shot and it doesn't look right, and, and it's not me being rude. It's not me being anything. I'm just, 
I'm just not going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to waste the time to come up with a really good way to say it to you. I'm going to tell you this isn't working. You know, and so I would appreciate if you just do the same to me, like, hey, just tell me, like, it's not working. And like, if it's not working with the talent, then say like, hey, maybe we, it's not working with her. Let's try a different thing. Oh my I don't gosh, think, yeah. I don't think, I don't think, you know, I think if everybody agrees to that up front, there's very little room for hurt feelings on the back end. Agreed. Absolutely. No, I, 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 I this is, this is speaking directly to my, my heart and my experience. Cause like, <laughs> I, I don't know, like we're, we have a set amount of time. We have a lot to do. There's not a lot of time to waste. So if you don't like something and it's not working, say so, and let's move on. Or we'll adjust some things. We'll try to make it work. And if not, we'll cut it, do the same thing. I have a, there's a great client I've worked with for a, a number of years. Um, and she was a brand manager at the client end. So she was like, you know, the the client client. And we had an incredible working relationship. We had worked together on a handful of projects over the years. And she had no problem saying, Ashton, I hate this. Don't do it. Like, move on. And I'm like, okay, perfect. Like, that was so helpful to me. Right. Um, and <laughs> like, there were, and well, and we got, we worked together on so many different projects that we started to like, we started thinking the same way. And I think that's where like, that's where the work really gets good. It's like when you're on the same wavelength as your art director or as your client and you know the brand and they know where your brain's at. And like, cause then you start making adjustments on the fly before they have to say it. And you can see those, like those, those, those like little, they, those connections, they kind of start happening. Right. Um, yeah. and I think that's like, that's kind of the goal for every project I get into where I have, like where I'm, I'm working with an art director or a creative director. It's like, I want to be able to like be on the same wavelength and kind of, that's when the work really starts to get good. It gets exciting. Right. And everyone gets happy with the output. And so for her and I, like whenever we would get into the studio and start working on stuff, like there'd be times where like, I'd be, I'd have her, like I'd have be tethered to the machine and she'd have like the iPad, like, you know, how capture one does like the, the iPad integration thing when yeah. it works, yeah, yeah. when it wants to work. Um, <laughs> and she'd be like, she'd see an image come out. She goes, Ashton, I'd be like, I already got it. Hold on. Let me, let me give you, give you one more. And then she'd be like, yep, never mind, Keep going. Yeah. Or flat out be like, okay, I'll give you one more. Nope. I still don't like it. Nope. Okay. I hate this. Get, stop. Do something else. So I right. think that there was like a really great, like that level of honesty. Um, it's just, I mean, for me, it's super helpful. And it's, and, and I think if you can agree upon it, up, agree upon that type of feedback up front, like I said, no feelings are hurt. And so it's not like, you know, nobody's, nobody's taking it the wrong way. You know, but, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's very direct and it's very like, now everybody knows what the hell's happening because the it's busies or the, I'm just not feeling it. Like those don't help me produce a better photo. Now I will say this, um, be honest with me. Tell me if you don't like something, please. Like I, I, I've, and I've said this before. I think if anyone is, is listening, that's worth me before, I think I've pretty much said that if you don't like something, let me know and I'll stop and we'll adjust and we'll, we'll make changes. What I will say is if you are the art director or the, if you're helping the photographer, if you're doing that, that working with somebody mm -hmm. establish that there are probably boundaries. So like, like for me, it was always like communicate those things to me and then I will communicate with the talent and the team. Right. You know, like let that be the flow of information because when, when there's like, as a photographer, it's super, super frustrating when your set is completely overrun by one creative. Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, well, at that point, my creativity shuts down. Right. You know, it's like, right, all right, right. well, <laughs> like, I'm just going to stand here. Like, if you, like, at this point, you're asking me to be a button pusher. And that's okay. Like, I can do that. But my brain's going to shut down now. So, I'll see you at the end of the day. And um, that, that to me, is, like, not a fun set to be on. Um, no, it's the worst. Cause like at that point your team is like, well, who, who, who do I listen to? Like if Ashton says, Hey, stop, we need to adjust. Like, is it him? Do I listen to, or is it the client in the back that's sh shouting things at me? You know? Um, and I think like there is a, there is a more effective way and time efficient way of getting the things done. And I think it's funneling your feedback through your photographer, right? Saying like, Hey, mm -hmm. Can you, can we work with the talent to work out this look or try to adjust these things instead of saying talent, move your arm this way. You know, it's like, that's a jarring thing right, right. for both the photographer <laughs> and for the talent. The talent's like, okay, well now, now the, 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 that person's coming out of the, out of the chair from the back room, like something must be wrong. Right. So I think like, you know, the more constructive way to get there is to work with your photographer directly, closely, 
and then have that person translate the feedback the feed the feedback out to the team you know whether it be moving props or adjusting something or fixing hair or flyaways or working with your talent to get a different look like right. let let that person let the photographer manage that part of the shoot you know that's what they're good at that's what they that's what they're bringing their expertise in to do and that's usually the most effective way of getting the most done in a set amount of time. Agreed. hundred percent. Now, if you're giving feedback on the back end, like three weeks after the shoot, remember, I can't tell your tone. So soften your words <laughs> and then be very, be very specific about what you want me to change. Right? So like you need highlights brought in, say, I would love some highlights brought in here or Hey, the shadow, like this looks dark is not helpful to me. Um, right. like where, where is it dark? How would you like, would you like me to lighten it? Would you like me to, to dodge a certain area or that would be, that's the part like, cause very rarely is this is too dark for me. Like this is dark. Does that mean raise the exposure on the entire image? It's usually like an area that they want me to raise. It's like, Oh, the area under the brim of the hat is a little darker. Right. But right. The feedback is this is dark. It's like, I don't know what to do with that. Like I can raise the exposure on it a stop and then everything will be bright. But is that what you wanted? I don't know. I, yeah. Right. And it's like, I don't like this either. And it's like, okay, well now, now we're in a very frustrating quandary of like an email chain of back and forth edits of like, that's time, that's money, that's extra effort. And now we're both frustrated. So, you know, I don't know. I think like, the best feedback I've gotten from art directors has usually been very direct and it, it, you don't have to worry about hurting my feelings, but be specific. So like, I think I mentioned this story a while ago. Like I had a, I had somebody critique some of my work for a project out of another agency. And it was like, you know, they circled some stuff with like the, the, their Wacom tablet or the, in the PDF. It's like, there's no detail here. I'd love to see more detail or like, why is there, you know, like, why is this blown out? Like, can we bring it back down? So these are like really helpful things. Like there's sure. cutting, there's like a piece of cutting feedback on that. Like, ouch, that hurts. But like, also <laughs> that's, they're the relevant, how to, here's how to fix it thing. Right. Right. Um, no questions asked. You, you knew after reading their yeah, it's like, two okay, sentences, exactly what they wanted. Exactly. I can, I can work with that. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. That Maybe. was a, uh, that was a good one. <laughs> Um, art directors, I'm serious though. If you're out there and you're listening to this, like, tell us some experiences you've had working with photographers. Maybe we, we blew up on you and, uh, better ways to, you thought we could have handled it or, um, your experiences in the trenches, giving feedback, what you think is helpful to hear from a photographer's angle. Uh, we would love to have your take on it because you know, why not? This is a, this is two way dialogue. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, let us know, let us know in the comments, send us a note, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. Let's, um, let's talk camera. Ooh, okay. I I picked the last one, right? Yeah. Okay, so it's your turn. Uh, let's talk about Leica. Oh gosh, the, <laughs> I'm not a dentist. I don't have one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, Leica. Have you? Well, first of all, have you ever fired a Leica? Yeah, I've uh, fired the uh, Leica M9, the M two forty, um, and once upon a time, what's the medium format one? The SL. Yes, no, series, the S, yeah. S. Yes, I fired an S. Um, um, so let's talk about the let's so talk about the M10D. The M10D, which Very is uh, fully digital, twenty-four megapixel CMOS sensor with no LCD screen. Give me all of your thoughts in ninety <sighs> seconds. Okay, I'm, I'm, I have to look it up because. <laughs> all right, so only wait—is this a new new camera? How old is this? It's relatively new. How Leica is it for them to create a camera in 2018, 2019, whatever the year they made this, 2017, I don't know, whatever, that doesn't have a screen on it? Like, and now a bunch of Leica owners are going to flame me. They're going to send me <laughs> hate mail. Um, look, I get it. It's it's beautiful. It's a piece of art. It's chiseled out of magnesium or brass or whatever they make them out of nowadays. Like it's supposed to make you feel like your old Leica M3 film camera with like, what is this? The ISO thing on the back. I'm looking at the dial. I think, uh, yeah, I can't, oh, the M10 or has a comp exposure on the back. Exposure yeah. comp dial. Yeah. Okay. So I get it. And as a Fuji guy, like I understand the idea, like I understand the love behind tactile switches and things like that. That makes perfect sense to me. But $8,000 and no screen. 
without a lens. Because like what what is a what is a Sumacron? The fifty one four. Is that a Sumacron? Mm-hmm. So, I'm see. probably saying it wrong. Um, that's that's like another four or five grand. Uh, and yeah. I look, I, I, I say this as a guy that's, that doesn't own a Leica. And if I had a Leica, I would change my tune. Cause I, I would love to own one. I would absolutely love to own a Leica M 10 D with no screen. Um, and like an optical V like rangefinder thing. Like those are gorgeous. They're beautiful. They, the glass makes amazing things, but I'm also really poor. I don't have, I don't have the stomach for that. So it's really just a matter of money for you. I mean, I guess, but then every person that I'd ever like that knew what it like, every person that knew what it was would always kind of like turn their nose up at me and be like, that guy doesn't know. He's got, I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> You're totally stumped. You like literally just had a like, camera meltdown. <laughs> my My heart wants to say yes, but my brain is like, no, why? It's such a, why it's not? Such, hey, if you can afford it. If you can afford it, yeah, go do it. Sure. Why not? Like, sure. Right? Absolutely. That, like, I honestly feel that way about camera goals. When people are like, don't buy, don't buy Pro Photo because Godox makes a good... But like, there is a difference, man. And like, it may be... What's that? The rule of diminishing return, right? Um, the more you spend, the less, the bigger jump in quality is, right? So like, yeah, 10,000 camera, a $10,000 camera is not substantially better than a $5,000 camera. No, you're right. It's it's only minutely better. But but if you can afford it and it makes you happy, then sure, do it. Absolutely. You know what? It's funny because now we're going back like someone that has listened to episode two or three is going to be like, this guy's a flip-flopper. He, he says the camera doesn't matter and buy whichever you want. And it's true. Yeah, if you have the money and that's what, that's what makes your heart happy, then you should definitely own a Leica because oh. you know what? We should all want to own Leicas because they're beautiful. They're beautiful machines and they create beautiful things. Yes. Um, that said, I, you also have to know that they are overpriced, I believe. Well, I think yeah, most, but like, I think most cameras are overpriced. So yeah, all cameras are overpriced. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think like it's, it's, it's like a, I don't, I can't equate it to a camera, a, a car, because like, I would think like a Ferrari, like a phase one is a Ferrari to me. Um, but it's like a Leica is like a, it's, it's a really, really, really nice toy. That's a, that's a beautiful piece of equipment. And I think that there are people out there like Leica ambassadors make incredible imagery. I've seen some of their work. I mean, here's the, here's like, honestly, I have one, one problem with the Leica and I, and I, and it's, it's not the price. It's not the you know, it's not the, uh, the attitude behind the, what we think people that own Leicas are like. Bottom line is it's got one card slot. So it's a piece of garbage. Piece of crap. Don't buy it's the it. only time that Germans have made something terrible. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, one card slot. Don't buy it. What a waste. Nope, not worth it. 2019, $8,000 camera with one card slot. What are you kidding me? <laughs> waste of your money. You might as well just, Ugh. you might as well just take a bucket of cash and flush it down the drain. Absolutely. Ugh. Or send it, or send it to me so I can buy a Leica. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Thank you so much for joining with us, hanging around. Um, we appreciate your time. Send us your questions. Subscribe to the podcast. This was episode four, so we'd love to see you on episode five. Uh, come back and listen to the other ones if you can. This podcast is produced by David Patino. Katie Lantuck and myself, Ashton Stanishevsky. You can find us on social, David at David A. Patino on every, that's everywhere for him. Um, Katie is at Katie Lantuck. I'm at Ashton Stan. Um, Podcast is finaled and mastered at the Tannery Studio in Stanhope, New Jersey. And we hope to see you on the next one. So thanks for hanging around, guys. Always. Thank you.